when we believe that stress is harmful, then we tend to fear the future and what could happen because we don't trust our ability to deal with it. And if we believe that stress is harmful, we tend to avoid situations that could actually push us and help us grow. Welcome to the Balanced Fit and Free Podcast. I'm Rianne Mullins, your host, and you are in the right place if you are ready to learn how to live a life of balance through healthy daily actions and a positive mindset. As a Hashimoto's hypothyroid warrior, I will be sharing with you tried and true methods of keeping a balanced lifestyle to ward off inflammation, aching joints, brain fog, and weight gain. My very open and honest approach will have you leaning in to learn more. Enjoy the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. So as you know, if you are a weekly listener, I skipped last week. I had to take a break. I just had way too much to do. We moved our daughter into a new apartment. Then we packed and took our son away to college. And, you know, I was doing so well. Like, but every time I sat down to record an episode, I could barely keep my eyes open or my mind on task. And honestly, I was crying a lot last week. Like, I totally knew I would feel nostalgic or, you know, bittersweet about my youngest going away, but I didn't really expect to feel like so depressed. Like I was full on still kind of fighting it full on depressed. And if you have kids and, you know, that have already left the house before, then you probably know what I mean. Like, I'm totally excited about the kids growing up and doing what they need to do. I mean, this is the way it's supposed to go, right? I would much rather they grow up and move on than stay in my house until they're 40. But there is something like so final about it. You know, it's like, like, this is, this really it. Like I'm getting old. <laughs> like something is just, it's just so crazy to me. Anyway, I was super tired and feeling emotional last week. So I just didn't record an episode, but I'm back. Okay. In the meantime, though, I am so happy to see that I have four new ratings and written reviews. Like I'm so pumped. I listened actually to other podcasts. This is kind of funny. And often they'll say, wow, we had 100 new reviews this week. And I'm over here going like, I just want one. I just want one. So I have to say that when I pulled up the app and looked and I saw there was four new ratings, I about fell out of my chair. Like really, I was so excited. Anyway, so as promised, you know, a while back, I promised you that as people left um, ratings and reviews that I would do a drawing to give away a free 30 minute coaching call. And on this coaching call, you can talk about anything that's going on, like nutrition, fitness, maybe stress management, maybe having trouble sleeping. There's a lot that as a coach, a lifestyle coach that I've done for many, many years that I can help with. So in that 30 minute session, you know, I can help give you some guidance. Obviously we can't solve the world's issues and all of your concerns in one 30 minute call, but we can certainly um, get you on the right track. So today's winner, da, 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 I did a little drawing before I hit record and our winner this week has the username Jenny Ann Phelps. Woo. Cue the like cheering mode. <laughs> anyway, she said in her review, 
She said, I just started listening to Rayanne on my morning walks and she's great. Thank you, Jenny. She covers a wide variety of topics and gives good advice and facts about all things fitness and nutrition. I look forward to listening each morning and there's so many podcasts to choose from. Y'all should take a listen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, I really appreciate you taking time to leave that written review and the rating and to everyone else too. I'm going to keep your name in the drawing. If I didn't, if you didn't win, I'll keep your name in the drawing. Um, so every time I get a rating and review, I will put whoever has not been chosen yet into that drawing. So you still have a chance to win. And if you've not left a review yet, come on, come on. It's fun. It's easy. It takes like what, like two minutes or less. Okay. And I got to tell you, when I read these reviews, I get like all gooey inside and I just love it. So I love to teach and inspire. So even if only one thing I say helps you or makes you realize something, then I've totally done my job. So thank you again, Jenny Ann Phelps. If you hear this, please email me at rayannmullins at gmail.com and let me know and we will set up a time to chat. All right, so let's get going with today's topic. I wanna start with a question. This is a question for you to, to think about. How can you use stress to make yourself better? You know, we're always talking about needing to reduce our stress levels. I mean, I talk about it all the time. I know you know that. But can you actually imagine a life with nothing to worry or stress about? I mean, at first it sounds amazing, right? It's like nothing to do, nothing or no one to worry about. But if that were actually your life or your situation, how then would you grow? What would challenge you? Would you get bored? Would you get weak physically and mentally? Would you have anything to talk about? Right? Those are some things to think about. So without stress, we can't grow. This means we won't accomplish much or get smarter, stronger, faster, more wealthy, or whatever goal you want to insert into there. Okay? And without stress, none of that can really happen. So the better idea is to learn how to manage stress, not get rid of it completely. And to think about stress in a different way, okay? Like the way you view stress is the way it will manifest in your mind and your body. This is called your stress mindset. The way you think about stress and act about stress is your stress mindset. You can choose to look at stress as a challenge or obstacle that is like exciting and fun to get over, or you can think of it as a curse that's going to doom you and ruin you. Your view absolutely has an impact on how you will respond physically, emotionally, and mentally to stress. So let's look at this just a little bit more. When we believe that stress is um, a positive thing or an asset in our life, it can and that it can help us, we tend to feel, think, act, and respond in waves in ways that improve our performance and encourages our adaptability and our resourcefulness and really makes us better. Okay, when we believe that stress is an asset, we notice evidence of how strong we are, how resilient we are, which only reinforces our belief. When we believe that stress is an asset, we can build 
deeper like health and fitness over the long term, which means that we'll be even more capable and more resilient and more strong in the future, stronger in the future. Okay. When we believe that stress is an asset, we are able to meet or even welcome new stressors. Okay. All while believing that we're capable of rising to the challenge. Okay. So when we believe our stress is positive and it's an asset, then all of these things can happen. But when we believe that stress is harmful, we tend to feel, think, act, and respond in ways that end up making us less resilient and more at risk for the negative side effects of stress. Okay, when we think that stress is harmful, we focus on how bad we feel. And then we find lots of evidence in our life, all of in our failures and in our distressful situations. When we believe that stress is harmful, then we tend to fear the future and what could happen because we don't trust our ability to deal with it. And if we believe that stress is harmful, we tend to avoid situations that could actually push us and help us grow, right? So I like to say all the time, I say this all the time to my kids, to clients, to people, I like to say, you will find what you look for in all things. If you think everything is horrible, terrible, and no good, it will be. So this can be true with your stress levels. So today let's look at the two types of stress. Okay, there's two types. There's adaptive or helpful stress, and there's maladaptive or unproductive, not helpful stress. And when it comes to managing stress, you can choose between adaptive coping or maladaptive adaptive coping. So let's look at adaptive stress and adaptive coping first because it's positive and I like to start with the positives first. So adaptive stress refers to the body's natural and necessary response to different challenging or demanding situations, also known as stressors. Stressors can be both positive, which is also called eustress, or negative, which is called distress, and can arise from our physical, emotional, or psychological sources. Adaptive stress is a natural part of human functioning and serves as a motivational mechanism that can prepare someone to respond effectively to challenges. So adaptive stress is, I like to think of as helpful, useful, good stress. Therefore, we want to use adaptive coping. Adaptive coping involves the strategies, behaviors, and psychological processes that people use to manage stressful situations in a healthy and effective manner. So these coping mechanisms aim to reduce the negative impact of stressors while promoting emotional well-being and maintaining overall functioning. Adaptive coping techniques allow us to maintain a sense of control, develop resilience, and learn from our experiences. So we, again, when we think adaptive stress or adaptive coping, we think helpful, effective, productive, positive, right? That's adaptive. So let's go through an example. And, you know, it's hard to think of an example that everybody goes through. So I'm, I'm going to use a college student since I have two college students and a new one. And we actually talked about this before um, my son left. So I'm going to use the example. Imagine your 
a student, a college student getting ready for final exams. And maybe you've been in this situation before, or maybe you remember it, maybe you don't. I have very little memories of the actual school part of college. <laughs> I remember a lot of the parties and the sorority fun and my volleyball games, but I don't remember too much about the actual schooling. So hmm, you can take what you want from that. But anyway, the upcoming, let's say that you're, you know, the student and the upcoming exams serve as stressors. They are stressful because they reflect your academic performance and they have potential consequences, right? This situation triggers adaptive stress, okay? In this situation, your body responds, okay? Your body physically responds to the stress of these exams coming up by releasing stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, which initiate this fight or flight response. And this response gets you prepared mentally and physically to tackle the challenges, or in this case, the exams that are ahead. In response to this adaptive stress, you can practice adaptive coping strategies to manage the situation effectively. So instead of panicking or procrastinating, you can use various adaptive coping mechanisms. So we're going to go through some of those. All right. So time management, right? Time management is a great tool for helping manage our stress. So in this situation, this person or you as the student can create a study schedule, allocating time for like each subject. So usually you have more than one class at a time. So you can, you know, manage your time, like what day you're going to work on what class or what time of the day, come up with a study schedule, allocating time, taking breaks, even scheduling in leisurely activities, right, to help manage the stress and the workload. So this, by having a time management, helps in reducing the overall um, overwhelming feeling and creates a sense of structure. Okay, so time management, that's an absolute, that's an adaptive coping mechanism. Another thing is positive self-talk. Okay, I mean, it sounds cheesy. I know you're like, yeah, yeah, everyone says talk nice to yourself. Well, it's really important, <laughs> okay, as cheesy as it sounds. Practicing positive self-talk and reminding yourself of your past achievements and capabilities is a great way to boost self-confidence and reduce self-doubt. And when you have higher confidence and less self-doubt, you're not going to feel as stressed. Okay. And I love this, you know, thinking about past times that you've done something well, because if you're, if you've made it to college, you've done something well, right? They accepted you. You've obviously done something well to get yourself in the situation. So clearly you have the know-how and you have what it takes to make it through your exam. So positive self-talk, that's another tool. Then this is a very general one, healthy lifestyle. Okay. You know, this is my favorite topic, healthy lifestyle, but maintaining a balanced diet, exercising regularly and getting advocate advocate <laughs> adequate whoa my brain clearly needs more sleep i'm trying to say get more sleep these activities promote physical well-being and reduce the negative effects of stress on the body if you feel good physically you'll be more likely to have a positive mindset which can help you choose healthy stress management tools okay so a healthy lifestyle like i said is pretty general but eating a, a decent balanced diet, moving your body, sleeping well, you know, drinking water, doing the things that you need to do to have a generally healthy lifestyle. That in itself is going to help you um, manage your stress better. It's more adaptive. 
Okay. The next one is social support. When you're a student having social support, when you're an adult, when you're anybody, social support is really important. But when you're a student in this situation, you can reach out to classmates or friends and family for support. In this situation too, when you have social support, like for exams, maybe you have other people that are in the class that you can talk to that feel the same way as you. Just by including other people and getting support from other people that feel like you or understand what you're doing, you're going to feel better. So that is a great way to get the emotional um, support that you need and practical insights. So that is going to help reduce your overall stress. Then mindfulness and relaxation techniques. You definitely can't have adaptive stress coping mechanisms without some mindfulness and relaxation. So you can practice mindfulness like, like meditation, okay, or deep breathing exercises to help manage the stress in the moment and to maintain a clear focus. So for me, I just want to throw this in that, you know, mindfulness in the moment, let's say you show up to the exam and your, your heart rate kind of increases, you're a little nervous, you're feeling some anxiety, you're worried. You can just take a moment to take some deep breaths. Like just, you know, when something is painful, whether that's emotional or physical, breathe more, just take deep breaths, really lean into your breathing and you will feel better and it will clear your mind. Okay, so whether it's an exam in college or a presentation for work or, you know, whatever the situation is, breathing is always an awesome option. Okay, and then one more, taking breaks and giving yourself rewards. So you can reward yourself with short breaks and small treats after achieving study goals. So again, we're talking about the exams. So this reinforces positive behavior and prevents burnout. Okay, so by using some of these adaptive coping strategies, this student, or if it's you, effectively manages the adaptive stress triggered by the upcoming exams. This approach not only helps our student perform better academically, but also enhances their ability to handle future challenges with resilience and emotional well-being. So many of you listening to this podcast are definitely not students, right? Most of you are um you know, even done with kids or have older kids, but you can apply all of this to, you know, the same strategy to your work stress or, you know, relationship stress or any kind of stress. You use the same idea. Okay. I'll review those again before we're done, but let's go ahead and talk about the flip side, the maladaptive stress and maladaptive coping. So maladaptive. So, you know, the word mal means like not good, right? Mal is poor. So poor adaptive stress. Maladaptive stress refers to an excessive or inappropriate response to stressors that goes beyond what is considered a healthy and manageable level. This response can lead to negative physical, emotional, and psychological consequences. Maladaptive, maladaptive stress occurs when someone's coping mechanisms are overwhelmed and the stress response becomes prolonged or exaggerated, okay? Therefore, we need to use some maladaptive coping, okay? And rather, we need to not use maladaptive coping because these coping school skills involve the use of ineffective or harmful strategies to deal with stressors. 
So these coping mechanisms may provide temporary relief in the moment, but ultimately contribute to worsening the situation and, you know, making the negative effects of stress worse. People using maladaptive coping mechanisms may struggle to effectively manage their emotions, maintain relationships, and navigate challenges. All right, so let's go through another example. So consider a scenario where you are just bombarded with a demanding workload at your job. Like you're just completely like piled high on your desk of work and so many deadlines. Um, Also a lot of high pressure, you know, from the boss, um, a lot of high pressure from yourself because you want to do well. So this situation triggers maladaptive stress. Okay. In response to this maladaptive stress, This individual employs maladaptive coping strategies. Okay, so let's go through them. The number one maladaptive strategy is avoidance. Okay, the person in this situation avoids the tasks that cause stress, procrastinating and pretending the problems don't exist. So this might provide temporary relief, but leads to increased pressure as deadlines approach, right? Avoidance. Can you see in your life where you avoid because you don't want to deal with the thing, the task, the person, the situation at hand. I mean, I totally know places where I do it. The second thing you can do that's considered a maladaptive coping strategy is substance abuse. So feeling overwhelmed, okay, this individual turns to alcohol or drugs as a way to escape from the stress. This strategy not only fails to address the underlying issues, but also introduces new health and dependency problems, right? So it's like in the moment, it might feel good to, you know, get drunk or take some drugs, but all it's doing is, you know, making the situation worse. It's just still just pushing it away and then creating other issues. So you can see why that's maladaptive. Emotional eating. This is a big one, especially if you're here listening to this. I bet you um, this is at some point in your life been an issue or maybe still is. I know it is for me. The individual copes with the stress by consuming unhealthy comfort foods excessively. And so, you know, this can lead to weight gain, poor nutrition and a cycle of negative emotions. Okay, so this was and still can be a major coping tool for me. Luckily, I, you know, I spent years and years working on getting rid of my emotional eating or at least coming to terms with it and figuring out why I was doing it, but it still creeps in. So like last week, (laughs) in fact, I told my son when we were driving him down to Alabama that I was purposefully going to emotionally eat and to please not criticize me. So if you know the story, um, Zach and I have been working together since January on his goals, his health goals, his fitness goals. And he's just crushing it. Like he is like so focused, like so focused that it actually sometimes is making me feel bad about myself, which is so silly. It's a whole nother episode, but that's why I felt like I said to him, I literally looked at him and I said, please don't judge me, but I, I am going to emotionally eat on this trip. So keep it to yourself if you don't like it. (laughs) And he laughed. And he said, no, I think it's okay. I might have to emotionally eat too. And so we laughed about it. Um, but, you know, I know that it didn't help me at all. Like, I still feel the same way I felt leaving him. Eating, you know, extra, like I ate some chips. I didn't even really end up eating that much. I did have 
some wine. I ate a gluten-free pizza, stuff like that, that I wouldn't normally want or do. And I will chalk it up to emotional eating. Anyway, emotional eating is a maladaptive coping strategy. It might feel good in the moment, but we know that it does not help in the end and it only creates more problems. Okay. Um, Another maladaptive coping strategy is isolation. Okay. This is when somebody withdraws from social interactions and avoids seeking support from friends or family or even their colleagues. So this isolating behavior can make the feelings of loneliness and inadequacy even worse. So, you know, think about the work situation. So many people do this to themselves. They're overworked, overworked. They have too much to do. And so they just withdraw, but instead of looking for support, right? That's the difference is being like, you know, I'm avoiding the situation. I'm going to drink and eat and I'm going to avoid everybody because I know that I have so much to do and it's embarrassing or whatever the situation. Okay. And then that leads me to escapism. This is when somebody spends excessive time engaged in mindless activities. Okay. Such as binge watching TV or gaming just to distract themselves from the stressors. So this prevents them from, you know, addressing the actual root cause of stress and getting stuff done. So escapism is similar to avoidance, but avoidance is literally like just doing anything else. But escapism is actually going into like, you know, like another alternative, like world, like television or reading books or gaming, like literally like living outside of themselves. Okay. So it's a little bit different escaping into a new reality. And then the last one is aggressive outburst, right? I mean, we can, we all know that we've had a moment where we've had an aggressive outburst when we are super stressed. Okay. This is when somebody expresses their stress through like anger and aggression, maybe taking out their frustrations on colleagues or loved ones. And this can damage relationships and lead to more stress, right? So I want to say about that one, um, you know, oftentimes, especially when it comes to work, many of us will show our best self in front of like colleagues or clients or, you know, other people in that world. But then you go home and lose your temper at the people you love the most. And that is the most damaging thing that we can do. So you can see why these are all maladaptive. All right. So in this, in this, um, Example, by using these maladaptive coping strategies, this individual fails to effectively manage the stress caused by their demanding job. Okay, instead of addressing the issues and finding productive ways to cope, they engage in behaviors that exasperate their stress and potentially lead to negative consequences for their well-being, job performance, and personal relationships. Okay, now going through those, I hope that you can see that we can either grow from our stressors, right? Like the college student, they can prepare ahead of time, learn the content and become wiser and possibly get a better job. Um, Or they can avoid studying, procrastinate, and then fail their exam and deal with the consequences of a bad grade. Or even if they don't fail, they have created more stress in their life by procrastinating. So this could be less sleep and high anxiety. So, how we respond to one situation and one stressful situation can filter into all areas of our life. Now, when you think about your own situation, where in your life do you have adaptive stressors and maladaptive stressors? 
and which coping mechanism sounds more productive to you. Okay, I'm going to review it really quick. Let's review the adaptive, the good, the positive, the helpful coping tools. Time management, okay, aka planning ahead or setting a schedule. Positive self-talk, reminding yourself of past success. Healthy lifestyle, that's eating a balanced diet, nourishing your body, moving your body, getting plenty of sleep. Like this is also important. Social support, you know, getting help when you need it, seeking support and comfort from friends and family and loved ones and even colleagues. Mindfulness. So mindfulness, like be in the present, check in with yourself, do some meditation or deep breathing when you need to. And then a reward system, find ways to reward your efforts. Okay. Those are the adaptive coping tools. And then the maladaptive coping you know, tools that many of us use, even when we, when we don't realize we're doing it, we do these. There's avoidance, escapism, um, poor health, you know, not enough sleep, an unbalanced or restrictive diet, too little or too much exercise. And then we have isolation, being alone and avoiding help and support. And then also just kind of aggressive outbursts. So this is letting something fester inside of you until you finally explode. So as you can see, none of these sound helpful. They only make matters worse. In, it was, I think, 2012 or 2013, I was going through, you know, a lot of stress with the fitness studio that I had. And that was the time when, you know, I knew, I don't know, I just had been faced with so many situations I had never faced before. And so I started feeling really, um, not like myself. I started to learn a little bit more about existential health, right? Our health that's outside of just our physical. And, you know, at the time I knew that I was eating great and doing all the physical things the best I could really well, but I had this like empty, unfulfilled feeling inside. And that's when like I started to discover like how to change my mindset. And I did an episode a couple of years ago about being a victim. Uh, and I think I'm going to go ahead and redo that episode because it was at the very beginning of this podcast. And honestly, I think I've gotten a little bit better at this. So I might revisit again that, that topic. But anyway, this whole thing about managing our stress instead of getting rid of it really rings true. It's like something that really I think about a lot and I work on a lot. So we will never be able to get rid of stress totally. And I think that's a good thing, but we can learn how to manage it better and have a better outlook. So when you become strong mentally and become like resilient, nothing can knock you down. You just take each challenge one at a time and move forward in a more smooth and resilient, easier way. I kind of imagine it being like, I don't know, like, like, like in karate class, like just going up to each person holding a board and just like kicking and knocking the board in half, you know, just like one at a time, bam, 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 just knocking them through. Because once you know who you are, once you know what's important, and once you know how to look at your stress and have a better, more resilient stress mindset, I really feel like you can handle anything. And there's some hard stuff that we go through in life. And there's some horrible things that people deal with. But when it comes down to how you think and feel, you can navigate those situations better. Okay, so I want you to take a second, though, and think. 
if you right now in your current like situation, no matter what it is, no matter where you are in your life, if you keep doing things exactly as you're doing them now for the next 20 years, what could happen? What might things be like for you then in 20 years? Okay. And so what I mean is I'm, I'm trying to relate this to your stress, how adaptive your mindset is around stress or how maladaptive it is. So think physically, like with what you're doing now, the exact lifestyle you have right now, the work you do, the way you treat your body, either with food or exercise, whether that's good or bad or however, like physically, where will you be in 20 years? If you keep doing the exact same thing, are you going to be better off the same or worse? Okay. I know we'll be 20 years older, but you get what I'm saying. Okay. How about mentally? If you keep doing the exactly as you're doing right now, how will you feel mentally? How about emotionally? How about socially? You know, with what you're doing exactly right now in 20 years, are you going to be around the same people? Do you want to be around the same people? Are those people helping you feel good emotionally, mentally, physically? So, you know, here's the thing. Like, we all think we have time. We all think, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it next Monday. I'll, I'll, yeah, whatever. Like, I get that she's sharing these adaptive, like, tools and what we shouldn't, shouldn't do. I'll get to it later. But here's the thing. Time's ticking, right? And I was so reminded of that last week, taking my baby to college. It's like, how did this time go by? And, and I really had to reflect, like, with what I'm doing right now, can I keep doing exactly what I'm doing right now? Work, relationships, you know, nutrition, exercise. In 20 years, how will I be? So I want you to also contemplate that same thing. So if you don't think that those things that you're doing now will be positive in 20 years, what can you do today, like right now, to make a small change to give yourself a better outlook? Okay, so that is my little coaching tool there for you, is I want you to think about this. Think about in your life, so this is your homework. You're going to think about where in your life you are using adaptive coping strategies, okay, and where in your life you're using maladaptive coping strategies. And if you are using those maladaptive strategies, why are you, where in your life are you doing that? And if you're needing to use those things, what needs to change to make it better? Okay. So thank you guys so much for being here today. Thank you, you know, again, for the ratings and reviews. I so appreciate it. And if you've not left a rating or review, I would be so honored if you had the time um, to take two minutes to do that for me. I really, really appreciate it. And I also need to um, apologize. I've been a little stuttery today. I don't know what's going on. I think I'm just still getting over this, this uh, tiredness. And so I apologize for that. But thank you guys for being here. And I look forward to having you back next week. Thank you for tuning into the Balanced Fit and Free podcast. I am so stoked that you are here. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you want to continue the conversation or share your takeaways, I would love to hear from you. Head on over to my Instagram at RamFitLife or Facebook at Rayanne Mullins and comment on your favorite part of the show. See you next week.